crucial moment. It is a crucial moment because of the things he has said. It is the it is the seriousness of what he has he has just explained. We realize that it says in the from the beginning of this that. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know why this thing keeps doing this. Anyway. It says that the, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to understand that this was the very same day in which he has been talking um, to these Pharisees who had a while ago told him that he cast out demons mm-hmm. with the power of the prince of demons it was the same day that he spoke to them about the unclean spirit so this was a very hot moment to say it, it, it was a very serious moment even to the point where his mother and brothers came and refusing to be interrupted he continued and says not disregarding them but said that those who are my mother and brothers and sisters are those who listen mm-hmm. uh, to the words that I say. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the Bible is saying here that this was that very same day that he went out of the house mm-hmm. and sat and sat beside the sea. Or one says he sat in the boat mm-hmm. and he was talking to them. So sometimes you would notice that Christ will come out of the crowd stand somewhere like the summer on the mount mm-hmm. he went onto the hill when the people were thronging mm-hmm. he went on the hill and started preaching to them so that I'm sure he may have more so his voice may may, may sound louder mm-hmm. here he moved away from them mm-hmm. and he went to sit on the boat mm-hmm. Christ was now as was usual of him he would go around preaching on the street corners and stuff Mm-hmm. The synagogue had, in a sense, rejected him. Mm-hmm. So everywhere that he found it convenient, he would preach there, mm-hmm. like going to sit. This was not customary with with Jewish religious leaders. They would not go and sit there and preach. They normally would go into the synagogue mm-hmm. and preach there. But mm-hmm. Christ would go to the um, town corners and stuff, yeah. stand on a hill, <clears throat> or even <clears throat> sit in a boat. This even shows us how street evangelism and all those things are not old. Christ did it himself. Nobody ever did it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we could say that John the Baptist did it, but that was true of God's people. God's Mm -hmm. true servants would choose to do that, not Mm -hmm. not necessarily to stand in the synagogue Mm -hmm. like the Pharisees would do. Mm -hmm. You know, they always wanted to put on a show and stand in the pulpit and do that. Mm -hmm. But this was a very exemplary of Christ that he would... Uh, preach there in the manner in which he did that he would choose convenient moments when it's when he felt like it and he would preach uh, to the people so these great crowds which were with him in the house followed him to the seaside and so he started speaking to them in parables verse 3 says and he told them many things in parables so we have, we must understand that a parable in the greek word is parabole and probably is um, a symbolic narrative mm-hmm. um, 
to explain the truth, right? Like spiritual truth. But um, parabola in the Greek sense has a wider understanding. That could also incorporate like riddles, uh, proverbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but the parabola we know, like in today's language, is the normal illustration of um, like a, an illustration of spiritual truths. Mm-hmm. Stories mm-hmm. which are illustration for spiritual truths. Okay. But this has a, a wider definition. Mm-hmm. The parabola here, you know, there's riddle there could be riddle in there all of that Mm -hmm. so christ uses this and but but why does he do this if we go some verses before this happened we notice that he's been he performed the miracle that led to this Mm -hmm. where the pharisees accused him of actually using a demonic spirit mm-hmm. to do these healings mm-hmm. and so christ started to teach them and and, and as he talks to them about um, uh, um uh, the unforgivable sin which is blaspheming the holy spirit which mm-hmm. is when you are fully exposed to the scriptures uh, sorry or to the gospel and you reject it mm-hmm. you have committed the, uh, the unpardonable sin and then from there he teaches them about a person who has an unclean spirit and th- that unclean spirit is actually those who do not have Christ in them or who are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Those who are not indwelt by indwelt by the Holy Spirit, they have unclean spirit mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit is a clean spirit mm-hmm. when you compare both. So every time we are not saved, there is an unclean spirit living in us because we because we live in sin. So when we live in sin, indeed we are unclean. We are not consecrated by mm-hmm. God or, or regenerated by the working of the Holy Spirit on our hearts. So then we have unclean spirit. Mm-hmm. So Christ then makes a transition into a parable because he he's about to teach them spiritual truths mm-hmm. using a parable. But at this point, why would Christ um, use a parable? And as we read the parable, he said that for you it has been given to understand these things but mm-hmm. for them it is in parables mm-hmm. at this point christ is using parables for for two reasons because when the when when people are exposed to the gospel and they come across a parable what the parable does is to actually show their hard-heartedness yeah. now they will get parables and, and the parables would make more sense to those who are spiritually sensitive to the truth but those who are, that's why he said to his disciples that to you it has been given to know these things, but yeah. to them no. Because you, my disciples, are sensitive to spiritual truths. And even though parables could be clear, yet to them it's almost as if it clouds their understanding the more. But Jesus had to explain it to his disciples. Yeah, that's the that, that's the point I'm making. Okay. The point is that he explained it to them because they are sensitive to spiritual truths. They receive it. Yeah, okay. But he said he spoke to them in parables mm-hmm. also to prove and to show their hard-heartedness. Because their hearts are hardened, they get the parables. And the parables in a sense is not so obscure. Eh? Par- the parable is not mis- is, is not mystery. What Christ said, I'm very sure they get it. Only they don't, un- they they hear, but they don't understand. Because hearing, they will hear, but they will not, they will not understand. Because the God of this age has blinded them. <coughs> Sorry. As we shall see. 
So Christ begins the parable <clears throat> by saying that a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Are you warm? So yeah, I was okay. feeling. Warm. <clears throat> this one. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no roots they withered away other seeds fell among thorns and they grew up and choked them mm. other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain some a hundredfold some sixty some thirty okay <clears throat> so these are four kinds of soil mm-hmm. this explains um, the heart yeah this are categories four categories mm-hmm. and in these four categories we have <clears throat> the wayside the stony place we have the thongs and we have the good ground yeah. so <clears throat> so the wayside was the path where people walked you know because that's why the word trampled was used mm. where people walked and nothing could grow because the ground was too hard of course if you broadcast a seed and some fell on the wayside, there is no soil there. It cannot grow there. People will trample upon it and it will be useless. Stony places <clears throat> where, where the soil was thin, lying upon a rocky shelf. On this ground, the seed springs up quickly because of the warmth of the soil. Because there is some soil there, <clears throat> but the seed is unable to take root because of the rocky shelf. So the rock is covering um uh, sorry th- there is a rock and there there is uh there is soil on the rock you get it mm-hmm. so underneath the soil is a rock mm-hmm. so it doesn't spring it doesn't have proper roots yeah so it springs up quickly but it dies also quickly yeah and then the thongs among thongs this actually also speaks of the fact that this, this soil is very fertile because because there are thongs growing there thongs mm-hmm. need soil to grow sure so it describes the soil that it is fertile you know perhaps too fertile because thorns grow there as well as grain as well as any seed mm. when you put there so they both grow only that the thorns grow together with the grain and then it chokes mm. because thorns are harder mm-hmm. plants and it chokes the growth of the grain or whatever we may plant plant there. and then there's the good ground describes soil that is both fertile and weed free so this place there is no there is nothing there is no weed this is a plain good soil ground and the word takes good roots and it grows there yeah in whatever quantity that it does so <clears throat> now we know these four soils and we must consider and understand that the farmer that goes out is going out with a word which is the seeds that he has in his in his hand yeah and he goes out and he starts to broadcast he starts to throw them because then he has come out of um i mean a farmer is one who plants and who also eats and harvests right so it is the preacher christ is the preacher and he's talking to these people who are just listening to him and he's using um um, the agricultural realities in his day christ almost did that look at the birds of the air 
the place where he stood, I'm sure maybe birds were flying. He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither uh, toil nor spin and whatever. He's, he says that. And sometimes he uses facts about him to explain spiritual truths. And he's mm -hmm. doing that here. This was um, an agricultural society. And so he uses that for their better understanding. And so, he's, and, and, and so he says to them that um, a farmer goes out to sow. So this farmer has seed. Where did he get the seed from? So this preacher has learned God's word. He knows God's word. But Christ is the preacher of all preachers. Mm -hmm. He has the word of God. He has the revelation that he has to give. And so, But this then speaks of all preachers of all ages. Mm -hmm. And they plant the seed into the hearts of men. And we learn that um, the first person on the list is... <clears throat> Is the one who um, <clears throat> who has a stony heart to say, right? <clears throat> Give me a second. Let me go there quickly. Okay, so the one that fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them mm -hmm. is actually the one with a stony heart because it fell on uh, <clears throat> along the way, along the path, the wayside. So let's say when he threw it, it didn't fall on the soil. Those, these are those who listen to the word of God. But as they listen to the word of God, it does not do anything at all. We could say unbelievers in this sense. No. They hear God's word. Or it could even be people in the church who sit in the church and they may even be hearing the truth. But it doesn't actually go inside their hearts. Why? Because when a seed falls on a plain path or on a stony path, it has no soil there to grow. So it does nothing to them. They will just listen to it and it will not take any root whatsoever. And people will trample upon it. The birds will come and they would eat it. Of course, it is Satan. <clears throat> when we read... Um, <clears throat> when, we, when we read uh, 2 Corinthians 4.3... To four, it says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers mm -hmm. to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So, Christ is talking of the gospel that he's preaching to these Pharisees and others who were listening to him. The Pharisees have come to a place where they had rejected God's word and Christ is speaking to them at this point and they are the ones who has this particular kind of heart that the word of God is preached to them and they are not responsive to the truth Satan comes and he takes away the word because it fell on the wayside and this is the first category of people that Christ is presenting the truth to why? because of the growing rejection of his word and because of the growing rejection, he had to start from there. That's why it is a parable to them first. Because they are the ones who are rejecting the truth. And all people in all ages who reject the truth are in this category. Mm -hmm. They may hear the word of God. They may be fully exposed to the word of God. But they would not listen because the God of this age has blinded their eyes. There is a veil on their eyes. There is a scale on their eyes. Mm -hmm. All those who are perishing. And in this case, 
He has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. So that seed goes nowhere. <clears throat> and so we have then um, the second person or the second category. Hi, <clears throat> sorry. And the second category is stony places. This is where the soil was thin, lying upon a rocky shelf. On this ground, the seed springs up quickly because of the warmth of the soil, but the seed is unable to take root because of the rocky shelf. It's interesting that the same sun, which is a giver of life, the same sun can also destroy. Mm -hmm. In this sense, that they hear the word of God, this second category of people, they hear the word of God, they immediately receive it, right? Let's um, <clears throat> let's read what Christ says about that, so that we can get we can get a clearer meaning. Um, from eighteen, he starts explaining it. He said, "Hear then the parable of the sower." Mm -hmm. First, we've explained when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, mm -hmm. the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. Mm -hmm. This is what was sown along the path. So whatever the Pharisees have heard, it has been stolen. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are, their hearts repel the truth. People's hearts repel the truth. These ones, they will not go anywhere. They don't even understand it. They hear, but they don't understand because their hearts are hard. Second one says, And as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. This one is so dangerous. It's very dangerous. Even as, as, as it rises, it gets more dangerous. Because these ones, they hear the word of God. They receive it with joy. There are many people in the church today like that. Many, many. They, in fact, the goats in the church today, they are like that. The moment the word of God comes, they receive the word of God with joy. But because they don't have depth of soil, and because the soil lies upon the rock there is no depth so it doesn't take root mm -hmm. and so it, it grows it springs immediately but when the sun scorches it because there is no root it dies on top normally for photosynthesis sake when the sun hits it it's supposed to grow when it is well watered mm -hmm. because it is the giver of life it gives it life mm -hmm. but instead of that because there is no root the sun hits the surface, no roots, it, it scorches and it dies. These are the ones who receive with joy. Yet, he has no roots in himself, but endures for a while. This is dangerous. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Now, there are two important words, key words here, tribulation and persecution. This means sufferings. When difficulties in life come, this person has received the word of God with so much joy. But they have not received with any depth of meaning and understanding. That's why I always say a half-truth is not truth. Because when people receive a half-truth, it is dangerous to their spiritual growth. Because the moment they meet something which is not on par with what they have always believed, they fall away from the truth. It offends them. Oh, this is not what I have known. Like a suffering. Like when people preach to people that God wants all believers to be rich and, and live a happy life. Like the prosperity gospel. 
like the kind of gospel being preached today, which is a lie and not the truth of God. When people are exposed to that, and that is all they know because most people don't read their Bibles. The only Bible they'll read is the message they hear from a preacher. That's the only truth they'll hear because they will not find time to read God's word. That's why every preacher must be so careful what they tell their, li their listeners because some people only depend upon the preacher's word and not read God's word. So whatever the preacher is disseminating or is spreading or telling is what the people know. Some people's knowledge of the Bible is based only on what they've heard from a man of God. Mm -hmm. Not that they've ever opened the, uh, the pages of scriptures to know the truth for themselves. So they cannot test to know a false preacher from a true one. They can't tell. Like John said, test the spirits to know whether they are of God. Mm -hmm. Many, many um, Christians today lack discernment. So they can't tell which is which. And so they just listen. They go with the flow. And so they receive everywhere that comes with joy. Even this is the truth. But nowadays, truth doesn't matter to many people. So they receive every word with joy. Now, when troubles and persecution and difficulties and testing and trying times come, that is the litmus. That's where you see the acid test, whether this person is a Christian or not. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, even a true Christian could be tempted mm -hmm. to feel demoralized or to feel um disconcerted something anything you know difficulties could come and it could even hit the true christian mm -hmm. but what's different from the true christian is that the grace of christ is sufficient but some way somehow they'll find their way back but this is speaking of somebody who is a false christian who receives with joy a goat in a sense who receives with joy the word of god but when they meet persecutions because in the end a true christian can fall away mm -hmm. not a final fall away mm -hmm. that's not what i'm saying but they can sometimes um backslide mm -hmm. they will find their way back home that's a true christian but a final fall away a final apostasy mm -hmm. where they never return that was never a true christian that describes this kind of person who received the truth with joy but because they were met by tribulation and persecution maybe they got afraid like Demas Paul said he has, he has left me gone after the world because he loves the world so he has gone after it the temptations of the world and the difficulties of the world then they feel um, <clears throat> disheartened mm -hmm. and then they go away <clears throat> because it says if it arises on account of the word. So this persecution means that if they are persecuted for Christ's sake, immediately, because Christ said, when persecution arises on account of the word, on account of the gospel, immediately he falls away. He says, now, nah, this one is too hard. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. They go away from the truth. They go after the world again. But um, time is not on our hands to exhaust it. But we have their understanding. And then the third person, as for what was sown among thorns. Well, we should remember this one is a very fertile ground. So, so the soil is good too, mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. But thorns are growing. And the grain is growing and, it, and the thorns choke it. Mm -hmm. This is the one who hears the word. But the curse of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful 
So this one is on a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. That's why I say the more it rises, the more dangerous it gets. So these people get into some kind of spiritual journey, some kind of growth. It's not like they stay stuck. They yes, they become stagnant, but they grow a little. So we see them in the church. They are all around us. And the deceitfulness, and but the curse of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. The curse of the world. What are these things? So many things. Maybe these people may be struggling to find a job. It look. It's it's all these things in our lives, like the constant creature needs the constant creature comforts where a person cannot truly rely and wait on the lord for these things and depend on him for these things like christ said uh, in the uh, in the beatitudes where he said why do you worry about what you eat what you will drink these are the cares of the world creature comforts things that we need to survive and when people sometimes when trying times come they fall away because they feel God is not doing enough for them. Or, or those cares could be that these people want more out of life. Maybe they have the basic needs of life, mm -hmm. but they want more. So, so the cares of the world, they want more out of life. What they have is not, they are not content with it. So this could fall in a place of discontentment mm -hmm. with what God provides the person because they have care for the world. They want more things. They want what their friends have. They want what this person has. Or even if they don't see anybody, it's just what they want. So they have so much care that these are the thorns. It's choking their spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. It's not making them grow because they are worried about these things. And at the same time, there is the Christian journey to worry about. There is the Christian journey to make. And whilst we make it, mm -hmm. it's almost as if this is in just a position side by side with each other. Mm -hmm. There is the care and there is God. So it's lukewarm. It's lukewarm. This person is straddled. One leg here, one leg there. So they are not even sure and they are struggling with their spiritual growth. And that struggle is the choking of the thorns. So they cannot grow. And the deceitfulness of riches. Why would Christ put in there like that? Mm -hmm. Because if there is one thing, in fact, when you look at today, let me be more practical. One of the things today that is being trumpeted the most is money and wealth all over the internet. Start your business. Do, do this one or try this. It's all money talk on the internet now. In fact, it's all money talk everywhere. Oh, generational wealth. All of these things. They are not bad things in and of themselves, but when they mean to overwhelm and overshadow the place of God, then we are worshiping mammon and not God. But, but what many people fail to realize is that they are going to die. That's the part they fail to realize. And, and even if we are going to leave these things for our children, even if we are doing this in the name of our children, still, is tomorrow promised? Do we know if we can even attain these things before we die? But we use these things as excuses because it is our own self-interest. It is for our own self-interest. Let's get the money and see if it is truly for our children or we want to indulge ourselves. I like what um, H. Ryder Haggard said in King Solomon's Minds. He says, how can a world be good 
in which money is the moving power and self-interest is the guiding star? How can the world be good in which money is the moving power and self-interest is the guiding star? If God is not our moving power and his word our guiding star, we have an issue because the Bible should be our moral compass. But if we don't have the Bible as our moral compass and we don't read it and we don't stay grounded in God's word, then we have the devil who is working tirelessly, using all forms and shapes and kinds of things to make sure that he will choke us with the curse of this world and the riches of this world. And we forget that. There was a time I was talking to my mom and my sister and I said, the greatest issue confronting Christians today is because they don't believe in heaven. They hear what the Bible is saying about heaven, but they don't believe in heaven. The reason I said that was, if we truly believe in heaven, then we would understand that the things we desire here, God is not going to give it to us until we get to heaven. Because heaven means everything that you never had here, you will get there. How do I know this? That's what the Bible says. There will be no poverty in heaven. All things shall be given unto us in heaven. But we are looking for a sort of utopia here on earth. We want it now. That's why the song says heaven can wait. We, we are walking by sight, not by faith. This is a problem for us and therefore we struggle with ourselves. And people hear the word of God. And because of the curse of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. <clears throat> Look at, li listen to something that Paul said. I mentioned it before in 2 Timothy 4:10. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. See, they left him in Rome. They all ran away. Because they went after the word. The curse of the word made them what? Run away. Now, let's, again, this is the curse of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches. Concerning that, listen to what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. Into a snare. Into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs look at the strong language he's using very strong if you look at the greek words of this you'll be surprised he's using very strong language how they have pierced themselves with many pangs many pangs means many pains because people run after riches now if you preach this to anybody, they, this is why the gospel offends people. When you start preaching like this, they get upset because they don't want their little toys to be tampered with. Mm -hmm. Even though many people are chasing riches, I'm telling you of the fact that, do you know, and this is personal statistics, eh? I didn't see this anywhere. Mm -hmm. Do you know that 90, 99% of people who chase riches never become rich? Out of the out of the hundred who, who would chase riches, only one percent become rich in this world. If, if 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 what I'm saying is a lie, we only have to look at people who are greedy, whether all of them get what they want. In fact, you have you must be paying a dear price of selling your soul to become a rich person. 
And sometimes we, we even in this generation, we don't, we don't even have the patience to be rich because we don't know how to wait and be patient and work hard and go through all the steps to get there. We want it in a hurry. And because we want it in a hurry, uh, we put, we, um, we pierce ourselves with many pangs, with many pains. We, we jump from here to there. Try so many things that will not work because we are greedy and we are after money. Mm -hmm. And God said, and Christ is saying that this is your problem. This is the problem of this category of people, why they will never grow in faith and why they fall away. This is why they fall away. <clears throat> they prove unfruitful, so they never grow. They suffer what is called spiritual inertia or spiritual stagnation. They are stagnant. They don't grow. They don't go anywhere. They prove unfruitful. And then in the end, their faith is given away. They fall away. Final apostasy. They never come back to the faith again because they are angry. They are entitled. They are mad at the world. They are mad at God. Sometimes they throw a fist at God because of that. They never believe in Christianity. They, they damn Christianity. They insult it because they are never getting what they want. And guess what? They never get what they want. And with anger and pain in their heart and frustration and depression against God, they die poor or they die trying, but they never get it. Now, you must be willing to sell your soul then. Now, if you will go against God, go, go against God all out. Go then. And that's why many people, the moment they become rich, you see that when you force yourself to become rich and indeed you become rich without God, those people are often mad at God because he never gave it to them. Yeah, then they will sell their soul or do whatever they want to do or use dubious means to become rich and it never gets anywhere. But that's so much for it. As for what was sown among, sorry, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and in another thirty. This is only to show the degrees of spiritual growth. We are all different. We all grow differently. The degrees of spiritual growth. And this is the good soil. The heart that is ever willing to hear the word of God. The good soil. That when the word of God comes, it stays and begins to sprout. It grows. It, it blooms. It, um, um, uh, it bludgeons. And then it, it's beautiful. And then it bears fruit. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Um, <clears throat> the apostle, uh, sorry, uh, John the Baptist says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. <clears throat> and so we have this. Um, the greatest example we have is if we can find ourselves in this category that ever since we became Christians, have we seen growth? If we have seen growth, then we can be rest assured that Christ is working in us. That he who has begun a good work in us, he shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I keep working towards that day when I will finally be all that Christ wants me to be. Our progressive sanctification also means that we are growing deeper in our relationship with God. Our faith is being increased and we are rising into um, um, a vessel of honor because Christ is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we are growing spiritual. We are not suffering spiritual malnutrition or spiritual stagnancy, but we are growing. And this is the one which was sown on good soil. <clears throat> More, there are many Christians who 
who bear witness to this, right? When they grow. And so we, we should find, we should look, we should examine ourselves, whether we, we, that's why Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. So when we examine ourselves, do we find ourselves in any of these? At least the first one, we consider that it is obvious because there are many people in the world who would even boldly tell you, I'm not a Christian, you know, because it never took any root. The dangerous one is the second and third one. Dangerous, like they receive it with joy, but because of tribulation and persecution, they fall away. They again receive it, but because of the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches, they bear, they bear no fruit. Then the third one, sorry, then the fourth one, they receive on good soil, they grow. And we thank God that we grow every day in his word. <clears throat> so here we are, Christ, um, he has said all these things to them. But for us to do justice to it, my final words, Christ said, then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What does Christ mean by this? What Christ is saying by this is this. The one who has, the one whose heart is responsive to the gospel, like the apostles, or the ones whose hearts receive spiritual truth, they will have more of it because their hearts are responsive to it. Their hearts respond to the truth of God. And so more will be given to them. But as a sign of judgment on those who do not have, who do not hear, even what he has will be taken away. Even what, what little they have, right? Of the knowledge of God. It, it will prove to rather harden their hearts because they are not receiving the truth. And so, therefore, they will never grow. So then, they will sink to rise no more because there will be nothing there to grow. There will be nothing there um, for them to understand. So it will be taken away from them. And this, Christ also said that it has been uh, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. A secret because not so much that at this point it's a mystery because Christ is revealing everything to them. But the reason the word secret will be used here is because for those outside it's a secret. Because they will not even hear. How can they even understand that? So for them, for them it's a secret. But for, the, for us as disciples, it's no longer a secret because Christ is opening it up all to us. And we hear what he says. So he says that to his true disciples, it has been given to us to know the truths of the kingdom of heaven. But to the outsiders, nothing is given because they've already rejected the truth. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And so then, in their case, what Isaiah prophesied has come to pass. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For these people's heart has grown dull. Now, one, one translator says that 
the the better word to use is that their hearts are fat of course when there's fat around your heart it grows down it's dangerous it can die but in this sense their hearts have grown what hardened and with and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and i would heal them so this is this saying that christ doesn't want to heal them no this is speaking more of the of their hardened heart their stubborn and obstinate heart in the sense that they have rejected it and because they have rejected it christ is not going to heal them he doesn't need to force himself on them but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for truly i say to you many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it it is true many people in the old testament desired um that they would uh <clears throat> see Christ's day and hear what he would preach when he came they were longing for his revelations and the truths that he would speak and they did not see this day and blessed are our ears because we hear these things like the apostles blessed are we because we are learning these things and we know these things and there are amazing truths but those who would harden their hearts of course this is this is um to those who are perishing the gospel is an offense mm-hmm. and the the gospel is so seriously an offense because the dev uh, sorry because the gospel interferes with the lifestyle of people it confronts the sin of many people and so they hate the light because they are in darkness because they love the darkness and Christ is light too much light for people to bear but those whose hearts are regenerate by by the holy spirit then we receive the truth we receive the light with joy and we grow thereby mm-hmm. <clears throat> this um is what we will learn today even though i feel as though of course it is not well exhausted and yet we thank god for what he has given us mm-hmm. at least we've gotten something because this is so so rich that there's so much that could be said about this that we are grateful that um <clears throat> God in his mercy uh, has helped us to understand but for 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 us Christians my final final words for us Christians uh the wayside sometimes we can allow into our lives in a way sometimes we fall into a temptation of even hearing God's word and it doesn't prove much in our lives but the only difference is that we with time Christ works on our hearts that we come back to it and the stony places sometimes have flashes of you know enthusiasm in receiving the word and quickly burn out even sometimes in our own lives these are just temptations they are not they are not final things that happen to us you know and sometimes even we christians are uh, tempted by the world and the deceitfulness of riches also and it can be challenging for us so these are only temptations that can actually affect us and cause us some kind of downfall in our lives here and there but it is not it doesn't become our final state that's the difference because Christ will always uphold us because um he's the author and finisher of our faith so he will get us there where he wants where he wants us to be but then we should be careful to see where our hearts belong and we thank God almighty that he has saved us and we believe in his word that 
He will bear us up until the end. Amen. Mm-hmm.